Man, go ahead, have a seat. Ushers, you can come forward. Let's give out of how God has given to us because it's all from God. It's all for God. Uh, here at Mountain View Church, Sunnyside location and main campus across all campuses, uh, they have a policy of once every seven years, full-time pastors uh, get three months to take as a sabbatical. Uh, for me, that is coming up in February 1st. And this is not reactive whatsoever. It is mathematical. Uh, so I started full-time staff in 2005, plus seven is 2012, plus seven is a week from Friday. Uh, so for three months, what's going to happen this summer, or a little bit now and a little bit in the summer, uh, is I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be touring other places, meeting with tons of people, reading lots and lots of books, uh, and learning about how we can make uh, Mountain View Sunnyside the place uh, for God to invade uh, Southeast Fresno and draw people to himself. And so how, like me as personally as a pastor, can get better. So that's going to start a week from Friday. Uh, this is, again, this is a million percent planned. This is not reactionary whatsoever. I was not on top of the Mountain View Dome on Friday shouting threats at people. That'd be very difficult because it's a dome. Like it's not, you can just climb up to the roof. Like it's really difficult, but it'd be really cool to slide down from there into a pool. So I will work on that probably while I'm away. Uh, but what's going to happen here is everything is going to continue to roll forward. Uh, Pastor Greg is going to be preaching a few times. I'm excited about that. Uh, and then you'll see other faces of people that you recognize, just not as often. Uh, but they'll be here continuing to run uh, Mountain View Sunnyside as a church. Pastor Tim is staying, Pastor Greg is staying, and I will be back on April 7th. Kind of like when you shake up a soda can, but shaking it up for two months and then opening it. So I'm excited about that part. Uh, so you're probably thinking, like, what, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to be nice to everybody and be outside shaking hands and all that stuff? Uh, you are. So we're going to continue as a church uh, to make this place the most friendly, most welcoming place in Southeast Fresno. Uh, we're just doing it all as a team now. And if you have questions about any of this, like throughout the morning or go, stuff's going on in your head, please ask. Like there is zero backstory whatsoever. 2005 plus 7 is 12 plus 7 more uh, is next Friday or Friday after next uh, and I'm excited to be back on April 7th, my first service back. It's going to be awesome. Uh, today we are continuing our series uh, called Beyond, where for us to be the people that God has created us to be and to love each other within these walls insanely well, but more importantly, to love people who are far away from God, far away from our church spiritually, uh, it requires us to not just stay where we are, but to go beyond and to become the people that God created us to be in tons of different ways. So we looked last week about how that hits us financially. And what we're going to look at this week is how that hits us in kind of like our lifestyle job description. And what it brings us to is a ton of areas where we've got to step into something new. Like God has created us new in Christ Jesus, which is one of the verses that we're going to look at. And he's pushing us out to be new in everything. Like that's what it says at the top of your paper, new everything. And it starts the passage that we're going to look at today in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 1. You can go there in your Bible uh, or your app now. It starts by reminding us of the finish line. Because Paul's point right off the bat is that we're going for the first new thing that we're running after, that we're chasing after, that our sight and our, our aim is set on, is a new home which changes the way that we see life here. It's a new home which changes the way that we see life here. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 10. Right now, for we know that when the, this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that's when we die and when we leave this earthly body, we'll have a house in heaven and an earthly body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. So if you got up to work out this morning, it's just kind of like it's wasted because one day you're going to die and get a new body. 
We grow weary in our present bodies, and if you didn't, then you're already ahead of the game. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, when we put, for we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan inside, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. For God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as, as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God. For we, we must all stand before Christ and be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this earthly body. So the point is for all of us, like one day this is going to happen. One day we're going to leave this life here on earth. And if we're followers of Jesus, we're going to go spend eternity the rest of forever with Jesus. And for us in our culture, that idea that there's a heaven that's absolutely perfect where every, kind of like every darkness and every, everything that falls short in this world is one day going to stop is largely lost on us. Because everything in life is already so good. Like our picture of heaven is that we walk into Starbucks and they have our drink absolutely perfect with all five types of milk that we want and all of the right percentage of decaf to regular shots. And then we sit down and we eat a chocolate bar that's going to make us skinnier while our house cleans itself. Like that's our picture of heaven. And for other people around the world, it's, it's different. For us as Mountain View, we, one of the things that we really want to follow Jesus on and be attentive to is funding churches in places where Christianity is illegal. And this has been a tough week for that. Uh, we do a lot of work in Southeast Asia uh, with church planners there. And, and some of them have been on this stage uh, like 10 months ago and then 15 months ago. And they've talked about the work that's happening in places and the resistance that they've faced from the government. And this week during one of the church services on Tuesday, there were some soldiers uh, who came in and started shooting up the church service. And there were two little kids who didn't make it out. And so we got a video of everybody running from the church service saying, please pray and pray for these two families. That means that for these people, the threat of heaven, the promise of heaven is a lot more real than it is to us. And what, what we're called to do, what we're empowered, what we're pressed in to do as Christians is to run toward those situations. Because what's been true about the church since the beginning is that when there are those things, when, when there is difficulty, when there is persecution, and we read about this in our Live Dead journals, which is our Bible reading companion. Uh, it's written by missionaries in uh, countries that are restricted to the church where you, like, there are laws that say you can't run a church here. One of the things that they pray for is that we suffer persecution like Jesus would. Like, that's totally lost on us. In our culture, we see that there are going to be problems, and we're like, well, how can we get out of these problems? And they say, no, 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 we want to go straight toward the problems, and we want to go through the problems like Jesus will. We talk about baptism here the second Sunday of every month. We have a baptism. We're going to have one in February if you're interested in getting baptized in February. Uh, talk to me, Pastor Greg, or Pastor Tim after the service. We'll get you locked and loaded for baptism. Uh, there was a baptism at a church that we help fund in Central Asia. Uh, we talked a while ago about a vehicle that we bought with four-wheel drive so that the pastor can go up into the mountains and get back down from the mountains as he sees churches grow in another area where it's illegal to be a Christian. And there was a woman who got baptized, and her name is Miriam. 
uh, and we're all going to remember her name now. We're going to pray for her as a church because she went home and, and told her husband that she got baptized, uh, and her husband beat her up and put her in the hospital and cracked her skull because she became a Christian. And so what we did as a church was uh, we sent our asset there into the home to get the kids and take the kids out while she was taken to the hospital. And we pay for the car that they're in. We pay the salary of the pastor who drove in there to make a difference. And we're active and involved in that because for some people, heaven is a lot closer than it is for us. And for them, it means totally different than it means for us. It means that one day it'll be free to be a Christian. It'll be free to go home as a Christian. And what, where this hits us as Christians here in North America, where that's not our reality, is that we do everything we can to pray for these situations, everything we can financially to, to make a difference in those situations. If you've given a Mountain View in the last year, you gave to the car with four-wheel drive that drove into the house that took the kids and drove them to a safe place. That's how we put our hearts and our wallets behind God making a difference in people's lives. We pray for the situation where, where the families lost kids. We pray for God to meet them as they mourn. We pray for the kids that are now in a safe place. That, that as they grow up, somehow they can forget this day. That they can see their dad meet Jesus. We pray for the gunmen. We pray for the husband who did the beating. Because for us as Christians, the, the basis of us coming to know Jesus is us admitting the fact that we are all sinners. Down to the individual, we are people who have ran away from the way that God said to do things. And we've made our own selfish decisions. And that in the midst of that, Jesus came in and he forgave us. It is it's lying for us to say that this would never happen or never could happen with me because we are all creatures of sinners or creatures of sin before we meet Jesus and he begins to change us. And so we can pray for people who persecute us. That's what Jesus tells us to do is don't just pray for good people, pray for bad people because there is one point where we are all and still are bad people. What Jesus does is he reaches into our darkness and he forgives it and he pulls us to life in the midst of that. And so we do life not just looking at what's going on here, but looking what's coming to us, which is heaven, which means that when death happens here, it's not the end if you're in Jesus. It's temporary as we leave to go spend eternity in perfection with God. So we're going for a new home that changes the way that we see life here. We're also pushed to a new mission that pushes us forward. It's a new mission that pushes us forward. Verse 11 he says, because we understand, understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Paul's purpose is for people to come to know Jesus, to come to know the God who changes them, the God who forgives sin, for people who are far from God like us to be reconciled and made right with God. And that changes everything that he does. Our verse for, for the year uh, is about this. It's when we look at heaven and look at what's eventually coming to us as Christians, it's not a moment for us to eject or rewind or run away from the situation, but to fast forward into other people's lives. And so our verse for the year is Jesus, he's walking along and he, he calls out to some people. He says, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Jesus is inviting us in to move beyond who we are into the lives of other people to make a difference in other people. And he's saying the way that you do it isn't just by building yourself up, but by spilling out over everyone around you and being a vessel through whom God can use to change people. That's what's unique about the church, you know? We're, we're, we're a gathering of people. We've got this core belief that we hold on to, that Jesus forgives sin and changes lives. But we exist not just for those who are inside the walls of this room, but for everybody who's not. Like, 
you might not know this about me, but I am not part of a biker gang. Just in case that was something I was floating through your head, I'm not part of a biker gang. If you're in a biker gang, you've got the name of your gang on the back of your jacket, and that's about all. And unless you're a Christian biker gang, which Andrew told me exists, uh, you only exist for your group. Like for us as the church, we're totally different than that. We love people who don't yet know Jesus. We want to like people who have nothing in common with us, people who are nowhere like us. Because what Jesus has done for us, he came not for himself, he came for us. One of the things that we read in Shape this morning, which is our church's Bible reading and journaling plan, is Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So this idea that, that the beyond life for us is Jesus pushing us into the life of other people starts with him, is perfected by him, and then he empowers us to go out and do that. And as we do that, we're going to have a new sincerity that fills our lives. Keep going in 11. It says, God knows that we are sincere, and I hope that you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us so that you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. You see, and the most important place to make a difference in is in the lives of other people. And as you get engaged in the lives with other people, as your life and their life meshes, what needs to be seen most more than anything is your sincerity for them. Okay, because in our culture, everybody knows what's fake. And when you're actually real with someone and you're actually kind all the time, like you, you stick out. You're a difference maker. You move beyond who you are just simply by being nice and being sincere. I was meeting with one of you this week. Uh, just a sunny side person, not like a spiritual, like super giant, just a normal person like us. And he's talking about the work that God is doing in his life. And the greatest thing about it was he's not just saying, yeah, this is what God is doing in me, and I'm so happy that he's done it in me. He said, these are five guys that I want to pour that into, that I want to see God make a difference in their life because of what he's done in me. These are their names, these five guys. And I told him, that, that's God's heart in you. That's awesome. And that's how God wants to work in us, is to give us a sincerity for other people in other situations, people who, who are far from God, to grow in their relationship with God, to meet Jesus and have everything changed. Today on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, that's, that's part of our, our DNA as a church, is that we believe that we are created by a God who follows us from womb to tomb. And, and as Christians, we're going to live out uh, that, that same type of care for those who can't speak up for themselves, that we're going to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. We worship a God who loves the vulnerable, who chases after the vulnerable, who protects the vulnerable who puts the promise of his own reputation behind them, where he says that if, if you enslave these people, if you're mean to these people, if you, if you harm these people, I'm coming after you. And so we live that out as we support places like Pregnancy Care Center because we believe that God created a culture of life. And we want to celebrate God's culture of life here locally within our city as Pregnancy Care Center makes a difference in people's lives. And as people see us, that, that's what's going to come through is whether or not we're sincere. And as we allow people access into our life, they're going to see that. And what comes with that sometimes to people who are far from Jesus, it just looks weird. Sometimes being a Christian is going to make you look weird. But we have from God a new security from God that people can't touch. Verse 13, if it seems that we're crazy, it's to bring glory to God. 
And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. For us, access into our life is going to make us look different to people who don't yet know Jesus. I, I think back in, in my life, how did this happen? And I think back to a band trip. Uh, there's a dude named Eli who played the tuba. Anytime somebody plays the tuba, they're automatically, you should take everything they say with a grain of salt because their instrument is bigger than they are, and that's just not cool. But he, he knew I was a Christian. He was far from God. I uh, loved Metallica and all that, uh, but he knew nothing about Jesus. So he wanted to ask me, like, what is it to be a Christian? And the words that he used was, so you're a Christian, right? I'm like, yeah. And he says, that means you don't spork people before you get married. I'm like, yes, yes. I think it's, it's got more to do with Jesus and forgiveness and how that plays out through life. But if you want to phrase it that way, then sure, yeah, yeah, we're on that. And for him, he couldn't understand that at all. Like porn on the internet had just started back in the late 90s. And for him, he's like, this is free for all. And so if you're a Christian, like this is different. This makes no sense. I'm like, yes, it's different. Because Jesus takes over everything, even to the point that it makes, it makes us look weird sometimes. Paul's point here is that Jesus' love is what controls us, even to the point of making us look different, act different, live differently from people around us. And it gives us a new security from God that people can't touch. It also gives us a new life headed in a new direction. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, get this part, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And Jesus' death was for the world. It was his blood willingly poured out to bring everyone who, who would choose to into a relationship with him. But it's that part of us choosing to say, I'm saying no to my old life, I'm walking away from my old life, and I'm walking to the new salvation that is offered freely and completely in Jesus. And so what that means is that as we do that, there are going to be things that God puts his finger on or through the Bible or through church or through speaking to our Holy Spirit or speaking through another believer where we look at and we're like, that, that's just totally not me. And the good news about all this part is that's 100% right. Because when we become Christians, we, live, we leave our old life and we walk to the new life that Jesus has for us. So we're going to be step in, stepping into all the time things about us that are not coherent and not similar, not consistent with our old life. It's going to be a, a lifelong trajectory of trusting God and saying, okay, God, this is not me, but it's you now, and I'm trusting you, and I'm following you in that. As Christians, that's something that we can count on. There's a part in a different book where the same guy is writing about this difference that Jesus says, and he says that these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, goodness, these are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That means when it's growing in you, there's going to be something. There's going to be something on the vine where we look at our new lives, and it's different from our old lives. It's kind of like when you drive by doghouse. Anytime that doghouse is open, there's smoke coming out of the little smokestack, and it smells amazing, Right? It's close to lunch, so stomachs are going to remind us that that is 100% true. When you drive by doghouse, either early in the morning or later night after they've closed, there's no smoke, there's no fire, there's nobody getting tri-tip sandwiches. We want our lives to look like there's a fire inside of us, so there's smoke coming out of us. Smoke coming out of us spiritually, smoke coming out of us relationally, financially, emotionally, sexually. In every way, there's a difference in us because of what Jesus has done. And this boils it down. It says that our old lives are done. Our new life is being brought to us by Jesus. And we look at things and say, that's not me. God says, you're right. And if you admit your weakness, I will help you. 
I'll help you. I, mean, for, I, I look at that. It's like God knows everything. God knows my weaknesses. God knows my strengths. So I come to him and I say, okay, God, I'm weak in this area. I don't feel like I'm this thing. And God says, yeah, I know you're not, but let me help you. Because your humility is what brings me into your, brings me into your life and gives me more authority and ability to work in you. And for us, as we live our lives saying, okay, God, I'm going in a new direction. I don't know what it is. It's these new things that I didn't used to do, but now I'm following you. God says, you're right, and I'm going to meet you in that. I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to grow you, showing you the best life that there is. And the last thing is it leads us to a new prayer, a new mission, and a new hope, pushing us toward people. Paul concludes the section. He says, so we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of, of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And he's saying in light of the cross, we view people differently. We view this life on earth differently. We view our mission differently. We view our sincerity and our, our access to other people, inviting them into our life as we follow Jesus, praying and working that someday they're going to follow Jesus also. We do all this stuff with a newfound security in God and a new mission because, again, we don't want this to just stay with us. We're the club that exists for everybody outside the club, and it's called the church. For us as Christians, one of the ways that I want us to grow this year, that I'm praying for myself, that I'm praying for us as a church, and that our heart grows towards people who are nothing like us, people who are far from Jesus, that our heart is going to break for people that we see that don't yet know Jesus, and it's going to push us into action. It's going to push us into making a difference, and it's going to push us into living lives that God is in charge of. It goes back to verse 11, what we read at the beginning. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade, insert the name of the person you're praying for here. This is where it hits home for us. That for each and every one of us, there are phone numbers, there are contacts in your phone, there are people on your street, in your class, on your team, in your house that need to know Jesus this year. And what Paul is saying is, yeah, one day we're gonna leave this life, we're gonna go to an absolute perfect place called heaven. And in the meantime, Let's get to work. I'm calling you to a new thing, not just to build you up as an individual and then leave you, but to build you up and send you out as a missionary into our world to make a difference. That's the good news that God has for us. And as we trust him with the God, I don't get this, this isn't me. We know that God is gonna come. He's gonna give us the peace we need and then he's gonna use that in the lives of other people as we surrender to him for God to use us to make a difference in the world. Let's stand and pray.